Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You've tuned in to the 49ers Rush podcast, and here is your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. Man, I am excited. We are exactly one week away from the draft, and this is such an exciting time. Obviously, last year with the new head coach and GM, we had no clue where they were going to go or what they were going to do in the draft, so on and so forth. And here we are, one year into it, and still... Trying to predict the 49ers at the ninth overall pick is just about impossible. But here's what we're going to do today. This will be my last podcast before the draft. We are going to do a full seven-round mock draft for the 49ers with trades. This is if I am the GM. You got John Chapman, the GM. Nowhere near John Lynch. But hey, same first name. We'll roll with it. So we're going to do a full seven-round mock draft with trades. And after that, the schedule got released today. So... I'm going to be breaking down all 16 games for the 49ers. It's going to be a long one, but a lot of good stuff. Ranking them for most difficult to easiest schedule, all 16. So, prepare yourself. I put this up on Twitter for what should go first. And 70% said we need to go with the full seven-round mock draft. So, let's get started. And for those of you who do not already, most of you guys I'm sure do, follow me on Twitter, JL underscore Chapman. That is where I kind of release all of my videos. I do a lot of film work. So if you want to see that and the things that I mentioned in this podcast, head over there. So I will be flying out for the draft this week, which I'm super excited about. I'll be there for all three rounds on site at Cowboy Stadium. And my goal is to get as much content to you guys as possible, podcast, Twitter, so stay tuned. Now I will let you know I'm going to be there as a fan slash analyst. So um, I will be partaking in the beverage. So it might be a little bit tipsy, but uh, we're going to have a good time. So keep that in mind. So let's get started with this mock draft. I've already put out there what I think the 49ers big board is. 
Bradley Chubb, if he is available, that's obviously going to be the pick. I even wouldn't be surprised if he gets past number six with the Colts that the 49ers trade up to that seven spot with Tampa Bay to try to get him. But in this draft, I went through a full uh, mock draft to try to place everybody in a position. Chubb's gone. Quentin Nelson, the amazing guard from Notre Dame, is gone. And Saquon Barkley is gone as well. And after those three, I think it's very, very easy to see that linebacker is going to be the position of need, whether that's that kind of edge Leo position pass rusher or off the ball linebacker as well. So because Chubb is gone and we have a lot of options available at number nine, I have the 49ers trading back to number 11 with Miami. And let me explain this from both sides of this trade. One, there's not a clear-cut guy in that nine range that's there. You're looking at three possible options. You're looking at Roquan Smith, linebacker from Georgia, who I love. Tremaine Edmonds, the amazing upside 19-year-old linebacker that's basically LeBron James playing football. And then Harold Landry, the pass rush specialist out of Boston College that had the amazing 2016 season had fought through an ankle injury, but still produced last year. So you got these three guys, so why not trade back? And here's why I think they should trade back. There's a few situations on how the first eight picks can go and how that benefits the 49ers. It's going to be a heavy quarterback draft. Now, how many quarterbacks go in these first eight picks will determine what happens for the 49ers. So the two situations are this. Let's say the top four quarterbacks, Darnold, Rosen in no particular order, Darnold, Rosen, Mayfield, and Allen all go, that's going to push some crazy talent down to us. And that's a great situation. But the best situation possible is that three out of four of those quarterbacks go in. There is one quarterback sitting there, and we can charge a ransom for a quarterback-needy team to trade up. And there are a lot of quarterback-needy teams that are picking after us. Uh, New England, who has two first-rounders and a high second that we gave them for the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Buffalo, two first-rounders and two high seconds, and Miami. Now, the Miami trade works for me because it's only two spots back. So you're dropping from that 9 to 11 spot, and you're still getting one of those three players that is a gigantic need and matches the draft pedigree on all big boards and kind of where they sit. So I have the 49ers trading out and getting a first and third back for Miami. So in this draft, and all these are relatively close on the draft trade uh, pick, basically compensation, the old Jimmy Johnson trade chart. And I understand some people think that that is obsolete. And I think it is obsolete when dealing with quarterbacks, but it gives you a frame of reference. So we get the number 73 and the number 11 overall pick. And we get a guy that we would be happy to take at 9. And I have the 49ers selecting at the 11th overall pick, Harold Landry, defensive end out of Boston College. Absolutely love this kid. And he's probably the closest fit outside of Bradley Chubb for what we need. One, it matches the biggest need that we have on our team. Two, it matches position value in the NFL. And... Pass rush specialist is the number two most important position in the entire NFL outside of quarterback, which we have solved with Jimmy Garoppolo. So let's go in just a little bit in depth on who Harold Landry is and what he brings to the table. He's 6'2", 252, so as shorter, he doesn't have the length 
in the prototypical edge rusher, but he has the speed in the best first step of any pass rusher in this entire draft. Had an amazing junior year, 16 and a half sacks, and almost came out of college last year. But he came back to kind of add some more weight, get better in the run game, and kind of solidified to be that all-around player. The problem was he had a huge ankle injury and made him miss some times. He tried playing through it. His numbers dropped dramatically. But if you are looking for a guy with an amazing first step, anytime you watch his film, which I've watched way too much film uh, on this kid, he is the first one off the ball every single play. Not most plays. Not a lot of plays. I'm talking every single play for Boston College. He is the first one off the ball for the entire defensive front line. And he runs the arc well and has great hip flexibility. Um, He gets under that tackle. So his first step, he gets ahead of the tackle and ahead in um, basically tempo with the tackle. And then he's able to dip under. And he is a guy that can step in day one, three down player that can fit that Leo position nonstop and is no issue. My player comparison for him, just whenever I was watching him, is Jason Babin. Um, You remember what he did with Tennessee and then Philadelphia. But he is Jason Babin with way more upside, but very similar uh, technique and play style that he has there. So with the overall first pick that we have, the 49ers, at number 11, we pick up an extra third, and we address our biggest need. We get Harold Landry out of Boston College. And... Another big reason why I think the 49ers might trade back there is there are 50 picks between our first and second round pick because we don't have our original second. We have the Saints second where we traded them our third round pick last year for this pick where they picked Alvin Kamara, which was a great pick by them. And so that's where we're picking. We gave away our second round pick uh, in the Jimmy Garoppolo uh, acquisition. So If you look at what happened last year, we traded back in the first, and then we traded up from our second. And let's just follow that theme and kind of see where it plays out. So instead of the 59th overall pick towards the end of the second round, I have us packaging that pick with another third round pick that we have, our original third round pick. We we package both those together, and we jump up 10 spots in the second round, and we trade with Indianapolis. And we get back a sixth round as well. So we're giving up our second and our third for an early second and a sixth, number 178 overall. And we address the whole Reuben Foster whatever. And we get kind of the antithesis (laughs) to who Reuben Foster is. And I don't want to get too much into what's going on with that. I can break down the legal stuff, but I don't want to mess with that right now. I want to focus on happy and wonderful thoughts. We jump up and we draft a linebacker that falls, and we get Malik Jefferson, linebacker out of Texas. This kid is your prototypical captain on and off the field. Uh, Malik Jefferson has so much raw talent. He was one of the highest-ranked players coming out of college and did very well at Texas. The problem is they played him at three separate positions through two coaching staffs and two complete scheme changes. He was successful in all of those. 6'2", 236, and runs a 4'5'2". He is built like an absolute tank. He was a freshman All-American, very, very successful. Um, He's your kind of ideal height, weight, speed, and mentality. He is, if he makes contact with you, you go backwards. Very similar to Reuben Foster, but who this kid is off the field, he's going to be one of the 
character mainstays in your locker room in a positive way. You don't have to worry about off-the-field issues with this guy. He's perfectly suited to play Will. Uh, he's a perfect three-down inside linebacker that offers some upside with blitzing, which the 49ers struggled with last year. So he can rush the passer. He can do all of these things. I have Malik Jefferson going in the middle of the second round after a trade-up with Indianapolis. And this fits two gigantic needs on defense. We got our pass rusher and Harold Landry. We got Malik Jefferson to shore up the middle. Plug-and-play starter day one. Huge need there, and we fix it. Okay, now, next up, we trade up again. This is we're gonna have fun here. Okay, we trade up with New England at the end of the second round to pick 63. So we've already got a first. We got a middle second. We're trading up again. They get our number 73 and our fifth round pick number 43. We get their end of their second round. New England is always moving around. Why not? And we fill another need. We draft Austin Corbett. Offensive guard out of Nevada, and this kid is exactly, he is designed for Kyle Shanahan in that offense. Six foot four, 305, he ran a 5'1", 540, but his 10-yard split was great. He played left tackle, he's played right tackle, he's played left guard, and even center. This is a guy, if you value versatility on the offensive line, which Shanahan has said over and over again, versatility is key because it allows you to carry more players at certain positions of value. This guy could back up everything. And he is mean as hell. He's as mean as they get. There are so many players, so many plays whenever you watch his film, uh, especially Boise State, a conference game that he played um, over and over and over again. You see him. Every player he goes up against, he blocks through the whistle. He does not stop. It's not enough for him to control his gap. He wants to physically demoralize these guys. And there's rumors that he could be going in the top of the second, but this is a super deep offensive line heavy draft, especially interior offensive line. So I think that he slips a little bit, and I think we could get him in the back of the second round. I have him labeled as a less athletic Joel Batonio. Um... And I think the end of the second, early third is where we get get him. And this is an absolute just steal. We've addressed three starters at three positions of need. And you look at the division, you always want to draft and scheme and personnel to win your division. You look at the Rams. They have the two best defensive tackles outside of DeForest Buckner, bias of course, um, in the entire NFL. And you've got to stop that. Um, so I think that this is a huge get for us immediately. Now let's jump down to the third round, the number 70th overall pick. And I think we go with a versatile running back. Carry on Johnson, running back out of Auburn, 5'11", 213 pounds, and he is built like a freight train. With any Kyle Shanahan running back, you know he's going to catch out of the backfield, and this is who this guy is. He's kind of, I've labeled him as my poor man's Adrian Peterson. He does everything well. Two-year starter for for Auburn, put up back-to-back 1,500-yard seasons and 20 touchdowns in the SEC, all-state basketball player. He's just an athlete in a linebacker's body is kind of who he is. And if you watch his highlights, one thing jumps out. His stiff arm is second to none. And the consistency is there as well because even though he played in the SEC, the toughest division in all of college football, seven out of nine games versus his FCC defenses, 
they all went over 100 yards. Very physical blocker and pass pro, and even gets a few pancake blocks against defensive ends. This kid is mean. I would love to add him, and we have our two studs for the future. I understand I love Matt Breida, but he is an undrafted free agent and is a third kind of option at running back and a special teamer slash returner. And I think that's a great position for him. I'm not knocking him. He is exceptional. But whenever you can upgrade in talent, and the Shanahan's love third-round running backs dating back to his father, I think that would be a great get there. We got a couple picks left. Let's jump down to the Vance McDonald trade. Uh, we traded him over to the Steelers. Thank God he's gone, Stonehands. And with the number 128 overall pick in the fourth round, we take a gamble, and we get Holton Hill, cornerback out of Texas. Now, for those of you that know about Holton Hill, you're saying, hell no, I don't want him, and I get that. But this is a fourth-round pick, and you are talking about a top-three overall corner. He fits our system to a T. He measured in just under six foot three, 196, ran a 4-4, and he is a physical, prototypical corner that's perfect for our cover three, uh, cover three scheme. The problem is he was suspended over and over and over again. The rumors are he failed close to 10 drug tests, which again, I get it. Huge red flag. Reuben Foster, why would you touch this? Well, before we signed Richard Sherman, I'd say no way in hell. But you mean to tell me he's going to be in a position room with Richard Sherman and is going to mess up? Hell no. Richard Sherman will beat this kid's ass. He's got to get in line. And it is a perfect mentor where you're you're using a fourth-round pick and it's the ultimate gamble. But if it pays off, I, I, I kid you not, he's got a first-round grade on his film if you watch his film. He's the most physical corner in the draft, and he is the definition of a gamer. He is the type of person, he completely shut down James Washington whenever they played Oklahoma State, and he loves to hit and tackle, and he makes those huge, giant turnover plays. So he's kind of a Daryl Worley, who Philly just acquired from Carolina, but with way better coverage skills. So yeah, he'll support in the run game. Yeah, he's huge. Yeah, he's long, but he makes plays, and he is mean. Um, again, he should have a late first-round grade on him, but it is just because off the field stuff, and you got to hope with that locker room they can fix that. Um, absolutely love that Sherman and him could work together. Let's jump to the sixth round now. We lost our fifth round pick in the trade, so we're going to pick 184. Sixth round pick, I am picking. I'm going to mess up his name, but here we go. Godwin Igwupke <laughs> from Northwestern. He is a stud safety, three-and-a-half-year starter that put up just great, great numbers. He has an amazing back pedal, and he could kind of be that guy. He's 5'11", 213, and ran a 4-4-4. He could kind of fit that nickel roll, strong safety roll, and back up the free safety role as well. And it's going to be a great special teamer completely. He's that kind of strong safety slash hybrid player. Um, again, he's got the size. He's got the speed. The biggest problem with him and why I have him fallen in this draft is he doesn't have the great hip movement. So that's going to limit his role. But if a defensive coordinator can keep his eyes and focused on everything in front of him, then it's there. Um, my player comp for him is Kurt Coleman. And I think that he has that kind of impact punisher mentality with high speed. I just wish his hips were better. So let's jump to the last round. And this is going to be our seventh round pick. I have Auden Tate. Now, I love 
Auden Tate. And I think that he is an absolute stud. But, man, he totally butchered the entire offseason draft prep everything. I, I had no problem with him going in the third round. He is the giant wide receiver out of Florida State. Um, just an absolute beast. But he came out and ran a 4-8 with his first run of the combine and then a 4-6-8. Then he goes to his pro day and he runs a 4-8 high and then another 4-8. He is super slow. He is a basketball player trapped in kind of a receiver's body. And that's about all you're going to get from him. He's going to be a role player in the NFL. You're thinking tight end slash goal line packages that he can go in on. And that's fine because you're getting him late in the seventh round and he has upside. He's that red zone threat. And he can do a lot of things. He's very, very athletic. But again, he's basically a run, post up, get the smaller corner or safety behind you, throw a jump ball, catch it. That's really all he's going to be able to do. But in the seventh round, you're just looking for... People that can give you a schematic advantage in certain roles. And that's who this Auden Tate guy is. I guarantee you there's at least 10 teams in the NFL that just threw his name off their big board whenever he finished his combine. Just because it was just so slow and so, so, it was terrible. It was awful. The last pick that I have, and again, we're just throwing darts here. Uh, it's it, The idea of picking a first round pick is very difficult. The idea of picking a seventh round pick is... Number 240 overall is almost impossible, but that's okay. I want to focus not so much on the player, but the type or mentality that fits with what we're looking for. And I got us taken at number 240 in the seventh round, Peter Columbia, outside linebacker out of Stanford. And whenever you get into undrafted free agents in these late round picks, usually you're looking at geographically local guys that the coaches have got to know. And they have been able to scout more, and they see a spot for him. Outside linebacker in our defensive scheme, uh, the sandback, doesn't really fit. It's not really a big need. It's it's a hybrid position. And so this kid, 6'3", 247 pounds, but quick. He ran a 4.57 at almost 250 pounds. That's very, very fast. He is a huge speed, non-strength guy. He was awful with bench press. Uh, any kind of explosiveness didn't show besides speed. However, four-year starter at Stanford, we've already seen all the film because we drafted Solomon Thomas last year, five-and-a-half sacks every single year, 18-and-a-half career sacks, and is decent in coverage. Like He actually moves his hips well, and he is long. He's only 6'3", but he had seven pass deflections in his uh, career there at Stanford. He reminds me of a Tim Williams, a guy that you could use in third down situations only or obvious passing situations. If you got like a second and 25, send him in there, so on and so forth, special teams. So he fills a role at a major position of need. So that is our full seven round mock draft. We executed three trades. I think the 49ers will probably do more trades. We almost broke the record. We tied the record for most trades last year in the 2017 NFL draft, but I would be very, very happy with this haul. Now, obviously, we addressed wide receiver late, um, corner. We got a huge gamble there, but what I love about this mock draft is we draft, we addressed pass rush, we addressed, it, we addressed inside linebacker, and we addressed guard. Those are the three biggest needs that we have moving forward, and I think we got that solid. So, without further ado... Let's jump over to the schedule. How exciting is this? I'm so I'm planting I'm planning my 
vacations with my family around this so that we can go see as many games as possible. So here we go. Real quick, as we go into this, understand that the 49ers were granted five primetime games. The most, tied for the most, in the entire NFL. So, and now with the way that they do scheduling in the NFL, there is even more opportunities to flex our game into the prime time. So, we, we have five guaranteed. That number could go up. So, how cool is it? What a difference a year makes where Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and everybody wants to see the 49ers now. So, what I want to do is break down all 16 games starting with the most difficult all the way to the easiest game. And anybody that tells you, oh man, this is guaranteed win, hell no. There are no guaranteed wins in the NFL. That's why the NFL is what it is. Any game, any week, there's no, you can't predict that. But what you can do is say, this is the hardest game, this is the easiest game. Now, you will notice in my rankings, away games carry so much weight. It is very difficult to win on the road. And the most difficult game in our entire year, week one, at Minnesota Vikings. We have an early kickoff. Man, that is the toughest game of our 16-game stretch. That defense is unreal. They signed Kirk Cousins. This should be called the Kyle Shanahan quarterback dream bowl. Um, <laughs> obviously, his love for Kyle Shanahan, for Kirk Cousins has been, you know, widely publicized. Plus Jimmy G. This is going to be awesome. By far the most difficult schedule or game on our schedule is week one. Now the second most is at the exact opposite end. Week 17, last game of the year at the Los Angeles Rams, a 125 kickoff. I think that's going to be flexed. But so our first week is the toughest. Last week, week 17, is the second toughest. So those two road games, everything else in between, it's actually a pretty good schedule. And Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.